0: At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about what we discussed on Sunday in relationships. We've been on that for a number of Sundays now, and on most of the Wednesdays, we're going to go back over what we talked about on Sunday is what I told you, and I, I... feel very strongly that the things we're talking about here are so important that they need to be reminded. And you need to re-listen and you need to meditate on them and and spend time in them. Because understanding every type of relationship that you have in life, I said this Sunday, it's not for the weak-hearted. And the reason is, is because... um, God has a way of thinking regarding relationship and man has a different way of thinking. And God's way of thinking concerning relationship and relationships, um, a lot of times they don't, it doesn't mix with your natural mind. Love those who persecute you. Hmm? People that have, Taken advantage of you and hated you and forgive them? Not in this lifetime. That's what you think. That's what your head says. Like I told you on Sunday, there's passages of scripture there that, especially in the Book of Luke, that I just used to go go past really quick. You know, Jesus was having a bad day or something when he put all that in there. It just couldn't be. That couldn't be right. But it's right. It's right. But here's the thing about relationships. What you have to develop in your life and develop into is relationships with no condition. No conditions. No strings attached. What if somebody that you have relationship with in, in, in whatever way, just a friend, friend to friend. What if they never change? And they don't have to. And it's not your job to make them change. Holy Ghost's job, your job to pray for them, but it's not your job to change them. Not in any relationship that we've talked about so far and that we'll talk about in the weeks to come. You have to learn to work into and step into relationships that are non-conditional, no conditions, no strings attached from your perspective. And what Jesus said in one passage, the way you want people to treat you, you take the initiative, treat them that way, and you'll be blessed is what he said. In so many words, he said, you'll be blessed. When you choose to learn, because you got to learn how to do that, and and no matter how many relationships you think you you conquered, there's going to be another one. For the rest of your life, there'll be another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. Thank God for the victories. But they'll never stop. But in this life, in all the time you spend here on planet Earth, there'll be a devil. And he'll come at you from different directions. And the more, the more ground you gain in developing correct relationships, the more he'll come after you. So we're not afraid of him, right? He's defeated. He's a liar, right? He has no authority in your and my life except what we give him. Just think about the, the relationships that you have with people you might be driving down the road thinking about somebody, and they're just really making you mad, and you want to talk about them. You have been driving down the road, and you think, you know, you're, in your head, you're scrolling through your contact list, and you're thinking of somebody you could talk to and kind of vent a little bit about them. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you a couple of things about myself, and I have to, because I have to be transparent to a certain point about things. But, I mean, I have to say that there are some weeks that go by where I I catch everything. I know I do. Where I'm tempted to say something and allow something to come out of my mouth about someone else, that I'm tempted with that, but I shut it down. This week, I was dealing with some things, family issues out of town and different issues going on, and, and I'm, I'm in the middle of a conversation with a family member on the phone, and I find myself talking about another family member, and I mean, here I go. I mean, probably for 15, 20 seconds, and, and it was like the Holy Spirit was going, Okay, what are we doing? You realize with your mouth, I'm telling, he's saying this to me, you realize with your mouth you can sabotage your whole life. And so I shut up. I finished the conversation about something totally different. Got off the phone. Man, I mean, just... Ah, oh, I just felt like I had just contaminated myself. And I don't like to have to do this. But I had to get back on the phone, call the family member, and repent for what I said. I mean, if I told you what I said, most people think, well, that's not that bad. I don't know. What would you repent for that? Because of what I'm working on. I'm about every relationship. And now now the Holy Spirit has said to me, there'll be a time that person you talked about, you got to do some good things for them. You're going to sow into them because you're going to shut that thing down. For the rest of your life, you will have these type of issues that crop up. What do you want in life? I don't want to just be another human being existing until glory. I want glory here. I want glory in heaven manifested on planet earth. And to do that, we've got to see these relationships as vitally important in our life. Every relationship you have is vital. Some more important than others. Take precedence over others. But every relationship you have is important because in those relationships, the enemy can use your choices and decisions to be fleshly and sabotage and ruin your destiny or or at least stop it for a season God's really patient <laughs> cuz if he's called God established the plan for your life each of our lives before the foundation of the world and he's all about you fulfilling that before you leave here and he's very patient And he'll be fine if you're 90 before you fulfill it because of not wanting to do it his way. And I'm telling you, in these series, relationships are key to you and and I fulfilling the purpose God put us here. Ephesians 5 and verse 15, we read this on Sunday. I want to read it again. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. This is in the New Living Translation. He said, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. What are we talking about? Relationships. You, you could interject other things here. It's, it, it has to do with other things also, but I'm talking about relationships. He said, make the most of every opportunity to do what's right in every relationship you have. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Mm. Like I told you what happened to me this week in that phone conversation, okay? You can't let things like that just go. You you can't let things like that just, just ignore them. Ah, you know, not that big of a deal. In comparison to, you know, people that are murdering people. No, no comparison. It's what you're hearing from God about what you need to do because he said, don't act thoughtlessly but understand what God wants you to do every single day. Watch this. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to break all the words down here, but what he's saying is this. He's not just talking about wine or alcohol or whatever, but addictions in anything. Being addicted to anything. You can be addicted to pornography. You can be addicted to food. You can be adi- I mean, it's just what he's talking about here is don't allow Anything in the flesh and the natural to be your go-to, but he said what? Not drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Ghost. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs just to yourself. Mm -mm. Among yourselves. Ministering to one another. Because the more you do that, the less you want the wine or whatever something that's your go-to. You don't want the f- things of the flesh to be your go-to, You so you've got to practice it. That's why I'm saying we've got to learn to step into these relationships, and the reason people need wine, food, or addictions to other things is because they can't handle the relationships. I'll say it again. The reason people need the things that addict you to the flesh is because people can't handle relationships. Well Pastor, you know, you just don't know the spouse I live with. No, but, you, but God does. Hmm? And God wants you to develop that relationship. I realize it's all their fault. No, that's the problem. There's strings attached. I'll change if they do. No, 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 no. That, that, that's not God's way of developing relationship. God's way is you correct you, you get the stuff in you, and if they never change, you keep doing right. Ooh. I told you, not for the weak hearted. That's a lot of work. I'll just tell you this relationships being corrected will empower you to live a long life. Because bad relationships are like cancer to the bones. But good relationships, and you developing good relationships, and you not being the victim, but taking responsibility for your own actions, will cause great longevity in your life. Make it so much easier to do the natural things you need to do to live a long life, but yet you're living a long life because you're filled with the Holy Ghost not drunk with wine or addicted to anything else in life. He said, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I told you Sunday that God has chosen submission, submission, as the principle of the kingdom. Jesus is on the cross. Or, well, starting, Jesus is in the garden. Lord, if there be any other way, not my will, but yours be done, right? And what submission does when you learn that in every relationship you have, you learn how to submit in your part, as though you're submitting to God, it sets the tone for every other relationship you have. So when you're working on a relationship that is not good, and the better that gets, you don't have to work so hard on the other relationships because they just keep getting better because who's changing? I'm changing. So everything just gets a whole lot better. Because I don't make such a big deal out of anything. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to jump through hoops for me. Mm -mm. You can do whatever you want because you will do whatever you want. Everybody say, yes, that's right. So I'm just going to add something that I didn't talk about Sunday. I'm just going to add this tonight. Because the word submission here is very interesting and I don't have time to break, it, it, it comes from about five different words. When you look it up, it actually comes from a Hebrew word. And then in the Greek, it's broken down about three other times. But it comes from, it actually comes from some other words that actually don't, are, are, are not the actual word submission, but they mean submission. But it's a military term. So, and it would be like you're in the military and you're submitting to an officer, but not submitting to an officer in peacetime, but submitting to an officer when you're in war. Because when you're in peacetime, Okay, you're disagreeing and you're going along. Submission is one thing, agreement is something totally different because you can be talked out of agreement. But when you're submitted, you're submitted because you understand the things that we've taught in the previous messages about your connection to the supreme being. My ultimate submission is God. But if I'm in battle and I'm submitting to my lead officer and I'm doing exactly what he wants me to do, if I've understood my submission to God, then I'm submitting to him like I'm submitting to God. And I can't tell you, not just in the military, but in any realm, employer, employee, It makes for a really good relationship when somebody understands submission. Because you know what? And that's what we'll keep talking about is that when you have an... We think of an employer being the one that the employee submits to. But the employer has submission also. See, because... We read in the Ephesians passage in verse 21, we're to submit one to another in the fear of God. So everybody has a role and a place to submit to God's way of doing. So as all through scriptures, it shows us, especially in the book of Peter, Peter talks about what employers are to do and how they're to treat employees. But then he talks about Employees that are under employers that don't know how to treat you godly, that you're to treat them like they're treating you godly from a godly perspective. All of these issues and these angles in these relationships have to be worked out, and only one person can work them out for you, and that's you. You don't have to work it out on your own. You've got the Holy Ghost, you have the Father. You have the Word of God. God, the Holy Spirit, is revealing to you the truth of the Word about what that looks like in everything that you face every day. But you've got to do it. Only you can do it for you. I can't do it for you. Somebody else can't do it. You can't do it for someone else. You can help people, encourage, hear the Word taught right here, but then you've got to let the Holy Spirit reveal that to you because everybody sitting here tonight is thinking about a relationship if not 10. Amen? So we're all in the same boat. So, the truth of the matter is this. The church is at war. The church is at war. We are at war. Never in the history of the world has the church been at war like we are right now. We are at war. Weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down vain imaginations, and bringing every thought that we have captive to the obedience of Christ. That's how you develop correct relationships. People are not my problem. The person that you're thinking of right now as I'm ministering this, that you you struggle in a relationship, they're not the problem. They're not the problem. Flesh and blood is not our problem. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness are the problem. Can you say amen to that? But the church is at war in a, in a life and death struggle. It's a life and death struggle against principalities and powers. Rulers of the darkness. Of this whole world system. I mean, how many day-to-day... How many of you are feeling, as days go by, that, that just the intensity of life is increasing? Right? I mean, who, who doesn't feel that? There's an intensity that's there. It is a war. Amen? And the church is in it. The church is the hope of the world. Listen to me. Listen, God would say this. God would say this, so I'm saying this because God would say this. He would say, I'm not the hope of the world. You, the church, are the hope of the world if you have me. (laughs) Because we're the skin to the skin that's going to show people how real he is. So apart from us, see, we're joint heirs with him, with the anointing. Apart from, uh, you move us out of the the equation, and then God's just God. But he brought us into the equation and made us joint heirs with the anointing. Not his deity, but with the anointing. And the fact that we have a part to play, the church, Ephesians chapter 1, or uh, Colossians chapter 1 says, the hope of the world is the church. Because the church is what Jesus is building that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. I'm not talking about a church building. There's a great building that we have right here on top of this hill. It's a great building. But if we're not here, it's just another building. But it's the church that the church meets in, it's the building in the place where the church meets because. We're the ones here making a difference. What I'm talking to you about tonight is a difference maker in the world. Everywhere you go, everything you do, you become a threat to the, to the kingdom of darkness if you really believe this. Amen. We have to believe this. Can you say amen? Amen. <clears throat> This is an interesting passage, and I won't talk a whole lot about it. I'll probably go back to this in another message. But it's in in the Old Testament in the book of Joel, chapter 2. Joel, chapter 2. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. And it's talking about the army of God. Everybody in here tonight say, we are are. the the army of God. But more than that, say, I am. The army of God. We're all parts, but you're, without you, then we're not as good as we could be with you, or vice versa. Can you say amen? So here's the army of God. Joel 2 and verse 7. The attackers march like warriors. This is the army of God. And scale city walls like soldiers. Straightforward they march. Never breaking rank. What is that? Never breaking rank. That statement is what the original Hebrew word for submission came out of. Never breaking breaking rank. God doesn't want you and I to be jack of all trades and master of none. He wants us to be in our lane doing what He wants us to do and accomplishing it with His anointing. Can you say amen to that? They never jostle each other. Get out of the way. You're messing me up. Stop it. Each moves in exactly the right position. They break through the defenses without missing a step. I'm telling you tonight, to accomplish that, we have to have right relationships. We cannot, the church of Jesus Christ cannot ever accomplish what we were put here to do when there's a cancer going on between people in relationships. Eating away at what God's plan is and what His purpose is in the earth. But the deal with that is, you're not called to straighten anybody else out. You're called to get it right in you. Anything that you think someone else needs, you make sure how you deliver that because you don't really know what another person needs. You can you can s- see some natural needs that somebody might have, but you don't really know what's down in there. That's why what we've taught around here for years and we'll never stop teaching it is that we need to be praying Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and Colossians 1 over people every single day. Paul said He told the church at Ephesus, I can't not pray for you. If I'm going to preach this to you, then I'm going to pray for you. If I've heard this once, I don't know how many times I've heard this, people tell me, man, pastor, before I started hearing the word, it was like, you know, things were kind of calm or whatever, not all that bad, but man, ever since the word, yeah. But see, then you have to go look at the word. You will be persecuted for the word's sake. When the word becomes revelation, that's where persecution begins to mount. But the scripture says many of the persecutions that come against the righteous, but God delivers us from all of them. Not just one of them, all of them. Because when you know who you are and you are in control of directing your life, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God and the Father, and you've got your hands on the wheel, and you're moving it where He tells you to move it, and circumstances aren't directing your life, the way things appear to be, lies of the enemy trying to make you change your ideas and stuff about life, when you're in control under His direction, then people can't stop your destiny. That's why. I, 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 am, I still can't believe that I allowed myself to say something like I did about that person. I, I, I just, I, I, if my foot would would come up and kick myself, I could have kicked myself for saying it. What are you saying? I mean, I mean now, I, I, I mean, I, I'm unleashing and unloading the blessing of God on that person for the rest of my life. I mean, I'm talking about something from somebody that I didn't like 25 years ago, 30 years ago. When we were born, I was about three years older than him. I I mean, you know, and and we grew up a a little bit around each other and and there's things about his personality that I didn't like. and And I voiced something out of my mouth about that. What? That's why we got to be on guard, don't we? We can't let this kind of mess happen. Well, Pastor, that's not going to ruin your whole destiny. If you think that, go ahead and think it. Okay, one action's not going to ruin something, but one action leads to another action, to another action, to another action, to another action. Not dealing with one relationship, you won't deal with the next. Then the ones that are really important to you, you let those slide. I'm talking about being on guard. And, you know, I'm not talking about this isn't, this isn't under the law and under, you know, commanding and making yourself do things. Yeah, you've got to make yourself at times do things, but it's getting you to the point where you want this. Because when you want it and you've crossed that line, you'll shut everything down. That's why I told you that example of, that, of what I allowed out of my mouth. I'm believing it's going to be a really long time, if ever, that i allow my mouth to be put on any human being after that one. It, caught, it, it, it literally caught me off guard that I allowed myself to do that. That's how important relationships are. That's how important what we do with relationship because we're the army of God, and we're here to, what did that last part of that verse say? They break through defenses without missing a step because we're playing this game according to God's plan and His rules, not mine, not the ones I make up. Can you say amen to that? So, I want to read this passage tonight also. You know, as as we submit one to another in the fear of the Lord, as we see here, and we've talked about in the last couple of services, um, the thing about it is, God has placed you in, in what He's called you to do. So in other words, your calling. Everybody say, my calling. Okay, everybody has a calling. Okay, and what a, what, a, what a calling is, is a purpose. Everybody has a purpose and a plan for their life that God had set up for you before the foundation of the world. Many people live their whole life, go to the grave, and never even tap into it because most of the time you'll never get a hold of it without revelation from God. Sometimes people just, they're born into it and that was kind of kind of God's plan, but you're still not going to fulfill it the way God wanted it fulfilled. You have to know Him. Can you say amen to that? So, Paul describes us in our giftings, that we are, we are to walk in our purpose in love. And he calls this the growth of the body when our relationships grow correctly. See, if, 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 if I'm doing my part and Dale's doing his part, then we're connecting. Right? Isabel's doing her part we're connecting, right? But Tammy's not doing her part. Come on, Tammy. <laughs> but Tammy's not doing her part, okay, the way she needs to do that. She's kind of just, Wh- whatever, you know, I'll get to it when I can kind of thing, okay? And-, and we've all been there, okay? Okay we to, to get to where we're doing it god's way you didn't just trip into that or you didn't you weren't born on the right side of the tracks or you had the right family or you had you know you had enough money to get money won't get you there your relationship with god will get you there you understand and and how many years did it take me in my life to get to a place where that's all i wanted i just want what he wants So when things come and opportunities come or things to distract me and pull me away, I had to get to the place where I would shut those down. So if somebody's gotten to that place and then somebody hadn't, only difference is they just got to get there. So we can develop the correct relationships. And Paul says it causes the growth of the body. And I want want to read this passage in Ephesians 4 and verse 15 and 16. He said, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Did you hear what he said? We're growing into that. That's, That's why I started this series out with Jesus' relationship with his heavenly father, Jesus' relationship with the Holy Spirit, and Jesus' relationship with his parents. Because Jesus' relationship with his parents and his submission to his parents set him up for a relationship with Father where he said multiple times in so many different words, I only do what Father says. I only do what I hear and I see Father tell me to do. So his relationship got so, he got so confident in that relationship that he would only live his life not for himself, but for the Father. That's where we're coming to. Did you hear me? We're coming to that place where daily we're learning to lay us down and take him up all the time. And I'm saying, I'm telling you, this happens through every relationship that you have. Every single relationship. And the ones you start with are the ones that are closest to you that are not good. God didn't, he's not trying to get you to change ten relationships. Just work on something in one. He said, speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body, the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part, or I'm going to say every relationship, does it share. Every person in this If you look at the body of Christ as as a chain, and you're a link, okay, you're linked to someone else. That's the part he's talking about here. He said, which every part does it share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. It causes the body of Jesus Christ to be lifted up. The hope of the world is what? The body of Jesus Christ growing up. The body of Jesus Christ taking responsibility for what isn't right in this link. That's all I'm responsible for. I'm not responsible at the end of the day for anybody else in what they choose to do. I'm responsible for all of you as a pastor, as an under-shepherd. I'm responsible to give you the truth. Man, there's a... Hundred other messages, it would be easier to preach than this. Hmm. I'm responsible for giving you what I hear from him. Hmm. And you know, it took me a lot of years in some bad relationships to have this message. You're supposed to laugh. That was funny. <clears throat> yeah, that was real funny. So you know, I've, I've sacrificed a lot. I you know, back. 30 years ago, I was having some bad relationships for your good. But that's the way it works in all of us, right? So we've got testimony about how we can make those changes. I want every single relationship in my life to be something that is pleasing to God. No matter what it takes. Amen? For the edifying of itself in love. So, we read the passage in Ephesians 6, 1 through 9, and I want to just read just a piece of that right now, and I'll end with this tonight. Um, When you, when you submit to the Lord and His way of doing something, submission is, is you choosing to do life in whatever area it is, His way instead of your way. And I'll just tell you this. That is the safest place to live. Submission to God's will is the safest place on the planet. There's no other place. There's not a cave built that could protect you. Like being connected to the principle of the kingdom, which is submission. Doing it Father's way. Jesus, the living word, did it Father's way. Holy Spirit reveals truth from Father. Who the heck are we to think we could do something without revelation from Father, direction from Father? Amen. We can't, and and we never will. <clears throat> and what I said earlier to you, um, I said to you about conditions. And and th- there, there's just this thought I, I want to say before I read this in Ephesians six. There's something about conditions in relationship. I want to make sure that you heard what I said there. But there's something about y- you being conditional in your mind in a, re- in a in a relationship that you have with someone that gets your eyes off of God's way and get you constantly thinking about what you want. And it's destructive. And you and I, learning how to trust Him by choosing to do things His way even when we don't want to do that. Because what I had to learn was, I had to get to the place where I wanted to do it. Because there's times when you, bless God, don't want to do it. And there's times you've got to make yourself do it and do it His way. And when you do it His way, it's, ama- it's amazing how His will takes over. But what you're doing is learning how to want to do it. Some people have to learn how and they have to want to be kind. instead of ripping them a big one. You've got, you got to want to be kind. And it's no good to be kind to somebody that's kind to you. It's no good. you got to learn to be kind to unkind people. And, and you, know, you know what's so great about that is? You know what the Bible says? I, 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 lo- I so love the word. Because the word has every answer. You know what the Bible says? The kindness of God leads a person to repentance. You wanna see people change in their lives? Just be kind to them. The person that I talked about in my family, man, it's gonna be rivers of kindness. (laughs) But you know what? I want to do that. I'm not, I'm not making, I, I'm, you know, it's kind of funny, but I'm not making a joke of it. I want to do that because I don't want to be that other guy because I was that guy at different times in my life. I'm good, and I'm nice, and I'm this, and doing whatever I need to do, but what about this? Mm-mm. I'm not tolerating. I just won't. I don't care if I have to stand on the top of the courthouse here or, uh, in, in Kerrville and repent to somebody from the courthouse roof where everybody sees me. I don't care. Let them all see me repent because I will not have my life sabotaged because of my actions and unkindness and ungodliness. Not have it. Can you say amen to that? That's what we have to know and that's what we have to we have to live in that place because that's the place where you're safe. Cuz what you're doing is you're trusting God. Those who trust in God live in a proverb says live in a safe place. That's that safe place. Can you say amen? I just want to read this, the top part of this, and then I'm done. Verse 1 of Ephesians 6, and I'm reading it out of, the new, uh, out of the Passion Translation. It says, children, if you want to be wise, listen to your parents. In other words, submit to your parents. And do what they tell you, and the Lord will help you. And I feel like I always have to say this because it's important because of all the different types of relationships that people have had with parents. I'm not talking about doing things illegal, immoral, or things that go against the Word of God. I'm not talking about those things. Those are, those are things that, that have to be worked out, and, and there's so many different issues like that that have affected people in not being able to submit because of the fear of submission, because of the bad relationship that they have with their parents. Jesus learned submission from his parents as he submitted to them, even when they got upset with him or they didn't do everything right, he submitted to them and learned how to submit to the Father. You will never submit to Father in the war that we're in and do it his way if you don't learn to submit to the people in the relationships you have in life. You'll never do it. You just won't because the Bible tells you you won't. You won't submit to the Father if you won't submit to people, and because submitting to people is you dealing with the issues and the rebellion in your heart. And the more we do that, the more free we get. But I, but I like just this part of this verse right here. Children, if you want to be wise, listen to your parents, do what they tell you, and the Lord will help you. Even when you don't want to do what parents are telling you to do, just do it anyway, and the Lord will help you. When you're an employee working for an employer and they do things you don't like, not illegal, immoral, or goes against the word, when you're submitting to what they're asking you to do, the Lord will help you, right? When you're in church life and pastor preaches a word like this and you don't like it, I don't want to deal with those relationships. I hear you, feel you. But I told you, submit to the teaching, to the Word, and the Holy Spirit will reveal the truth of this, and it will liberate your life and set you free. Even if you don't want to do it, even if you're thinking about somebody today, and, and it's like you're thinking, yeah, but nobody in here knows how bad this one is. But he does. And if you'll work on you, the Lord will help you. If you'll make a choice to do these things and submit, the Lord will help you. You don't make the choice to do it, Lord will sit on the sidelines and let you be miserable. People say, well, you know, that person, this happened to him, and they're so miserable in life, how, how could that be God's will for their life? Because they didn't ever choose. All you have to do is just take a... A step forward and God will take two towards you. I mean, that's the way it works. And how do you take a step toward Him? By doing some things that you hear from the Word, beginning to confess them, meditate on them, pray those things. Begin to put that to work when you don't want to be kind in an unkind situation and you choose to do it anyway, boom, things will begin to happen. Things will change in your life like you've never seen before.